Hello, you're listening to Reporters and the Reported, a podcast from Cardiff University's School of Journalism, Media and Culture. I'm Richard Sambrook, Professor of Journalism. In each episode, we'll bring you insights and interviews with key people in the news industry who've come to speak to the students here in Cardiff. We'll examine the challenges, opportunities and threats facing journalism and get tips about the best way to follow a career in the media. This week, I'm delighted we're joined by Ben Brown, a former foreign correspondent and now presenter for the BBC's news channel and a former graduate of uh, our course here in Cardiff. Hello, Ben. Hello, Richard. And welcome to Cardiff, back to Cardiff, I should say. So, um... Just tell me, obviously you did the course here a few years ago. We won't say exactly how many. <laughs> 35 um, years ago. 35 1982, years ago. in fact. Okay. So um, just briefly tell us what happened. You, you, you did the course and then how did you start to embark on building your career from there on? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love the course. It was a lot smaller than it is now. I think there were about 24 of us. Um, but I absolutely, I'd, I'd been at Oxford and done PPE, done a little bit of student journalism um, and really, well, I'd applied to the BBC, who rejected me quite rightly. Um, and then I decided I hated the BBC and never wanted to work for them. Um, and I came to Cardiff. And what I did after my year at Cardiff was to write to every commercial local radio station in the country. And I think there were about 35. And I did a kind of demo cassette tape, cassettes, if anybody remembers those, were little little things that you put sound onto. And I kind of constructed a news bulletin rather ingeniously where I introduced lots of reports by myself. So it was Ben Gee, Brown reports. Brilliant. Here's Ben Brown. <laughs> and the news read by Ben Brown. And I sent it to all the radio stations in the country, the commercial ones. And two or three of them um, said, yes, come for an interview. I went to Radio Clyde, had a two-day trial in Glasgow, where I'd never been. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a job for £6,000 a year as a trainee reporter. Brilliant. OK. And so how long, how, what sort of things were you doing on Radio Clyde first? Uh, Radio Clyde, I was doing all sorts of, it was, you know, the coal miners dispute. Uh, there were strikes, that kind of thing. I mean, to be honest... I was there for about a year. Um, I made an awful lot of mistakes because I think first jobs are probably where you get your mistakes out of your system. Journalism, is a lot of it's about experience and it's experiences making mistakes. So um, well, I remember reading the news at Radio Clyde and, and in those days they quite liked having sort of posh English public school boys from Oxbridge because they thought that sounded very authoritative um, rather than having Scottish voices. I'm not quite sure it's the same now. And there was a fire in a street that was named after the wife of Robbie Burns, Jean Armour. And of course, being an Oxbridge public school boy, I said there's been a fire in John Amour Street. <laughs> and... Uh, all the, uh, the, 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 the phone lines went absolutely berserk with everybody complaining, get this Sassanak off the radio. Um, and so I made a lot of mistakes like that, but I enjoyed it. And then I went to Radio City in Liverpool, um, which was an amazingly busy time in the mid-80s. Derek Hatton and the Millicent Tendency were running the city council. Uh, it was incredibly controversial. They were fighting Thatcher. Uh, I got sent abroad following Liverpool Football Club. Uh, you know, I watched um, sort of fights and riots and reported on that. I was in the Heisel Stadium. So I, I got a lot of experience quite early on for, you know, in the way that local radio in those days had much bigger newsrooms. I think we had about a reporting staff of about 15 in Liverpool, which you wouldn't get now. Yeah. Um, and from there, I went ultimately to London and independent radio news. And again, in independent radio news, IRN, LBC, 
they had a big reporting staff and they had a big budget and they sent me around the world. I was sent to uh, Beirut when hostages Terry Waite and John McCarthy were kidnapped and they said get on a plane to Beirut and you know I thought well maybe I'll get kidnapped too actually but um, but those sort of you know when you're a very young reporter actually I was I don't know what 20 25 or something hmm. it was a great opportunity um, and you could get a lot of stuff done that might be harder now in terms of you know as, as a local as a radio reporter yeah. you could you had to travel the world and then you eventually forgave the BBC and and joined them in the late eight, 1988, I think, which is when we first met, because mm-hmm. I was um, working on the 9 o'clock news as it then was, and you came in as a reporter. So how was that move across from radio to television for you? Well, yeah, I mean, I remember there was an, a, a job advert in The Guardian uh, for television reporters, which, again, in this day and age where we're all bimedial and there aren't television reporters allowed anymore because you have to be able to do radio and online and everything. Um, and I, I rang up Chris Kramer, who was head of news, who I'm sure you remember, of course, and said, look, I'm, I've only ever done radio. Is there any point in me applying? And he said, yeah, come along. So um, I got a job. And what was great about that was, uh, I mean, it, that was the day days before the BBC News had grown to what it is now. We had very few specialists, very few foreign correspondents, actually. And so, again, I was able to sort of travel to big stories abroad. And it kind of coincided with the collapse of the Iron Curtain. Um, the late 80s was when, well, and I, I went watched the fall of the Berlin Wall, which was incredible, and covered a lot of the collapse of communism, Hungary and countries like that as well. And and then I went uh, very quickly to be Moscow correspondent in 1991. Uh, and that followed from me doing a lot of the East European stories. So in a way, one thing led to another. Uh, and I just became a foreign correspondent. And looking back, it was a great time actually to join the BBC because it, it was small. The reporting staff was mm. small and you could make a name for yourself kind of very quickly. One of the things I remember about you, Ben, as a, as a reporter and a correspondent on the road is that you could work incredibly quickly. Mm. Uh, I remember one story, it was a Middle East story and an attack or something, and in less than an hour after something had happened, you had got to the location, filmed it, uh, had the piece edited, tracked and satellite back for the lead story. <laughs> And I couldn't work out how you could possibly have done that within an hour. And I remember asking you about it and you talked about how you you were thinking through exactly what shots you needed when and a very efficient way of working. So what, what, I mean, what are the lessons of working in the field against deadlines and so on for being that kind of efficient in the way that you turn pieces around? I think you've got to be really focused on what you want to do. Uh, I'm, sometimes I was, looking back, I think I was too focused and too obsessed with getting the story. And people often ask me, you know, you've seen some awful things, and I have, and, you know, absolutely horrendous atrocities and mass graves and things like the tsunami where there are just bodies everywhere. And don't you have post-traumatic stress and don't you have nightmares? And I think partly the reason I haven't suffered from a lot of that is that I was so kind of driven to get the story. In a way, I suppose, the way I was driven to have a career and to do as well as I could do as a reporter. Um, And so I would just focus on the story, what I wanted to get, uh, you know, telling the cameraman or working with the cameraman or woman and, you know, what pictures I wanted to get and then thinking as I as we were filming them, what lines I would write over those pictures, mm. how I would put it together, uh, you know, how I would structure the piece, the report, the package, 
what it would start with, what it would end with, sort of doing all of that while I was going rather than sort of waiting till you get back. I mean, there are other people who work in different ways. I won't mention any names, but colleagues who then, when they get into the edit suite and put their piece together, then have lots of angst-ridden sort of conversations about what their script should be and how to structure it. And sometimes, nowadays, there are news desks that sort of tell reporters how mm. to put their piece together, which is you know, one of the great freedoms of the BBC is they let their reporters do exactly what they want, say exactly what they want, show what they want, well, within reason, show what they want. You know, some of the American networks, for example, they'll almost, they'll, they'll, they'll talk to their correspondents in huge detail about the piece before they file it, and there's almost like a joint script-writing yeah. session over, the, over that, the phone, which I don't, I don't agree with. No, and that, that doesn't really exist in Britain, no. I don't think, yeah, and ho hopefully, hopefully won't, although there's probably a bit more of it than there used to be. There is a bit more of it than there used to so be. So now, obviously, you, you're in the presenter's chair on the news channel and on, on BBC One. Um, what, what, as you see people coming into the newsroom and new recruits, what would be your advice to people coming into the TV news business now? Um, what, what do you, th you know, what, what's what's the way that they can establish themselves? What kind of skills do you think they need to to succeed? I mean, I think one of the things you have to do is decide early what what it is you want to do. So, if you want to be a reporter, um, just go and get reporting skills, and that doesn't necessarily mean going straight to the BBC in London or to National News or to Sky or ITN. Maybe it means going to local radio or, or, you know, where you can do a lot of reporting. That was the great thing for me about local radio, I felt, was I was doing loads of stories every single day and getting my own stories. So in Liverpool, we used to, you know, we had our own contacts, we rang the police, we got our own stories, we were competing really heavily with the Liverpool Echo, and I, I loved that. In, in some ways, it was the sort of best journalism I ever did because I got my own stories and mm. the higher up you go and the more national and international you go it's harder to get your own stories but that's one thing to focus on if you want to be a reporter if you don't want to be a reporter if you want to be a you know a, 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 a writer more a newspaper writer focus on that go and work for local papers if you want to be behind the scenes a producer an editor focus on that so know what it is that you want to do and then just pursue it with, you know, everything you've got. I mean, one of the great things I think about journalism is it's, it's not like doing medicine or law where you need years and years of um, training. It's partly it is instinct and, and a lot of it's um, experience and, and, and it's drive. And, you know, you can get where you want to if you have enough drive. It's like you need drive to get the individual story on the day, but you also need the same drive to pursue your career. Yeah, one, one of the things I've always said is, you know, one of the key qualities you need is stamina, really. you just got to keep going. Yeah, stamina, definitely. I mean, I've been on stories, especially now, where I present from the field. So, for example, if there's a terror attack, I'm doing it for, for BBC News Channel and BBC World. And you, stamina, you need, you need literally physical stamina. You are standing out by a police cordon, maybe, for hours and hours, and you are live on air for hours. And that requires a lot of mental stamina because you can't make mistakes and you're interviewing people and talking and ad-libbing non-stop. So stamina is definitely what you need. Brilliant. All right, Ben, that's fantastic. Thanks very much and it's great to see you back here in Cardiff. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.